Hello and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. It's me, your host, Stu, for the week. And I'm joined as always by, well, I can't speak, by Chris. Hello. And by Tom. Hi. Hi. How, how are we both doing? Good. I'm poorly. I'm a poorly boy. So I'm going to... Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna only speak when I have something really important to yeah. say this week. That's clearly Chris, not gonna be the case. Yeah, not only is Chris poorly, but Chris had a pretty big weekend this weekend. <laughs> so oh, if his boss just... is listening, that's why he was crap at work. Oh thanks. Today. Yeah, yeah, real nice to you. Real <laughs> that's, nice. Why, that's why he's poorly. I'm sat here <laughs> sipping my honey lemon that? and ginger. Unlike a similar <laughs> note, I have like three staff who are still rough from a work night out on Friday this that's morning. A big night out. Wow. Did the no. night out end? Did it They're even just end? lightweights <laughs> is what that is. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm actually not drinking or anything at the moment. I'm um, teetotal. I'm trying to detox Ooh. my body. I, I feel like it's... I re- need to re-emphasise here that drinking is not the issue I have right now. I am genuinely <laughs> ill. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I did see the amount Chris drank over the weekend. It was the lack of sleep say, that did it. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Anyway, we're here to talk about Formula One and the uh, upcoming Turkish Grand Prix. But first, we've got some news to get through. Um, We're heading to Qatar. It's finally been confirmed. Um, Final slot on this season's calendar. Um, How do we feel about it, guys? How do you feel about a bit bit of Qatar action? I mean, I I think Chris has already said this either on the podcast or at least via our Twitter account. And that's like the fact that I'm not against it, but... I can't envision how good the race will be there because well, it's <laughs> primarily bikes that race there, isn't it? And yeah. we've learned in the past that circuits that are good for them are not necessarily good for F1 and mm. vice versa. So the, the we'll best be interesting. Hope, you better hope this one books the trend because we've got it booked in for another 10 years after this yeah. one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a Qatar Grand Prix for 10 years. Whether it's at this circuit is still... TB oh, really? there's, there's talk of a street circuit in Doha, I think, already. Ugh. Were they not meant not to be also building circuit. a second circuit over there? Or is that maybe I'm thinking of the street circuit when I think back to that? That might have been the street circuit I talk about, yeah. Um Okay. The the best description of um what is it, the low sale circuit I've seen is it looks like Bahrain said you can copy my homework but just change it a bit <laughs> so it's not obvious. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that idea. Bahrain's not a terrible track. It kind of the problem is it looks like the bits they've changed are the good bits. Unfortunately, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> uh, I can't see there being much overtaking other than turn one. Like the rest of it seems to be designed to like string the pack out. I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna like dunk on it too soon until we've seen. Yeah, it, let's not. Yeah, let's exactly. not. Hopes aren't super high. Mm. Well, you don't have long to wait because it's November 21st is the date of the race. Yeah. Which six is, weeks-ish. It's been recorded around about six weeks, yeah. six, six, seven weeks. It could be um, interesting sort of strategically because it's like, other than the main straight, it's all corners, which is going to be pretty hard on the tyres. And I also read they've, so MotoGP first went there in 2004 and the track's not been resurfaced since that first race in 2004. So it's like oof. super grippy, super abrasive circuit. So... I can see hmm. Pirelli's getting absolutely munched around there. So hmm. I wonder, could be a nice two or three stopper, which is always entertaining, guys. I wonder if we'll end up with like Turkey Surface Mark Two, <laughs> like just the, the resurface it the day before. Book some rental cars now. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, get your rental cars booked in. Um, yeah, so it's held MotoGP races since 2004, as Chris says. Um, 
last major single-seater race there was GP2 Asia Series in 2009. How did that go? Did, has anyone seen any highlights of that? I know who won it. Who won it? Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah. Oh, of course. Your boy. <laughs> but that's all I know about it. I've not actually seen the race. Huh. So um, you can all go away. You can all stop listening now and go to Google <laughs> and mean, research that one for yourselves. <laughs> I would suggest the fact that <laughs> they we went can there tell and- you about it. They went there in 2009 and didn't go back. Maybe isn't the greatest advert for how, how good a race it was there. I think they've had like world touring mm-hmm. cars there for a, a number of years. So it's not like it's completely alien to have cars racing there rather than bikes. But um, yeah, we'll see, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic one, isn't it? Classic, the classic uh, back of the grid attitude. We'll <laughs> wait, wait and, and see. see. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing on the internet in terms of a race report that I can find right now. Uh, Has anyone got anything up? Don't worry, I found a video of the race, so I will put that in Discord later. Ah, oh, nice. Enjoy it. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, to um, be fair, this season has been a season of the races we expected to be the poorer ones turning out to be the best ones. So, who knows this year in, in the well, season yeah. that keeps on giving. It, I mean, it is so unpredictable, isn't it? It'd be... Yeah, there's been. A, I mean, I think the last two seasons we've had a few races that you expected to be not the best. I mean, you know, remember we were talking about Tusk. Speaking of new races that have just popped up, sort of out of the blue, kind of thing. Tuscany last year when we went to Mugello, everyone was kind of expect that's not really a very overtakey track, and yet it was one of the best, most well, certainly one of the most interesting races of the season. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that because like we weren't. I would say we were we were undecided about how we thought it like we were excited to see the cars there but thought the racing might not be brilliant didn't we essentially when it came to Magello. so i mean i've got a feeling that like qatar might be something similar where it'll be really impressive seeing the cars through it at such high speed but whether it'll pr- promote good racing is another question that we can only find out upon trying yeah I mean, I'm all for trying it out. I enjoy yeah. seeing new circuits. They always throw up unexpected things. That, that, that if this last two seasons have proven anything, it is that if you go to a new circuit with a, with 20 Formula One cars, you better watch out because <laughs> things happen. <laughs> Stuff is going down. Because, I, yeah. I mean, Christian Horner basically gave the game away a week or two ago. So the teams have known they're going there for at least a few weeks longer than we have. But it's still not a ton of preparation time for them to go to circuit they've never visited before so mm. yeah they've got very few da- well i mean this is what makes those races good though is the exactly fact they've yeah. got very few data points about the circuit so or and there's so little practice these days well you've got what three hours of practice before qualifying yeah. um yeah. so not a lot of time to really run everything through to the nth degree and and you know get everything spot on so yeah, expect to see mistakes, expect to see action, expect to see overtakes where you wouldn't normally expect to see them. That's that's what I would say about... Well, I say that about this season of Formula 1, never mind Qatar. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, sprint races. Looks like sprint races are here to stay. Um, F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali has said in interview Sky Sports that the sprint qualifying wasn't going anywhere and that next season it may see up to seven or eight weekends, which would be roughly a third of all the races-ish. Um, he also says that the yeah. 23 race calendar will begin in March and end in no- mid-November, um, which would be the earliest finish to a season in 10 years, despite holding a record number of races. Wow, that's going to be an intense season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with it starting mid-March as per usual. Yeah. Because it's usually like some, it's usually like sort of 15th, 16th, 17th kind of day, isn't it, that we yeah. tend to head to Australia in the past, like that sort of middle of the month. 
We're gonna. Kind of I think there's gonna be a lot of triple headers in that calendar. If that's oh, gonna be, yes, yeah. If that if that sort of semi leaked one we talked about a couple of weeks ago is even close to the truth, it's gonna be yeah a lot. Yeah. Um, what about sprint. seven or eight sprint weekends? Um, I suppose I suppose it depends on if they refine the format at all, doesn't it? For and me, it does sound like they're can reconsidering the format. Um. What's bothering me, like, again, I'm all for, like, trying things, especially if they look at the way these test ones have gone this year and, like, tweet the format and whatever. I think the thing that's bothering me the most is that they keep talking about how, like, oh, well, the feedback's been so positive. And it's, like, you only need to spend five minutes on the yeah. internet to see that that's not true. And I know it's easy to be in an echo chamber, but, like, everywhere you go, like, the people who are, like, talking about it in, in real time on Twitter, like multiple websites that have like polls after the races and stuff like that mm. like everything you look at is mixed at best and the, the the thing is it's just it's that political thing isn't it of i have to toe the line you know on on a sort of sort of a ceo standpoint mm. of his he's he has to say that everything's a success for the yeah for the morale of formula one and for the for the teams and for the sponsors yeah you know his job is to go out there and just say how great formula one is really to the world so he, yeah. he knows everyone knows the truth everyone knows that it's not that great it's basically just a starting a race and then a red flag overnight That's, yeah. we all know that we've all figured that out really quickly um so you know i i i don't think he truly believes what he's saying when he says that the feedback has been great no. everywhere and I do, they've already said that they want to sort of, they're looking at making some changes. So as long as they make the right kind of changes, tweaks the format and sort of do something to make, I think it needs to be a standalone thing, don't you? It needs That's to be what most own. of the talk seems to be around the changes is like, go back to qualifying and the Grand Prix are what they've always been. And then just yet yeah, have, still have a sprint race, but let it just be its own thing. Maybe give points to a few more points and make it the top 10. So there's more for people to race yeah. for. Yeah. Maybe half points. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we've raced a lot of short distances for half points. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Very true. Yeah, and it certainly wasn't a sprint. It yeah. certainly wasn't a sprint. Uh, just to very quickly go back to the calendar that you were talking about, by the way. Uh, if it did run mid-March to mid-November, I've just worked out that's 35 weeks. So 23 <sighs> of those weeks being races, possibly 24. Heck. It leaves 11 weeks spare. And there's a summer break to have in the middle of that, which is three weeks minimum, I think, is it? Or is it two three weeks? Three weeks, three weeks, yeah. yeah. So that that basically leaves you like eight off weekends. Jeez. And that's it over the course of the season. <laughs> that's packed. eight weekends off over the course of an entire season. I mean, that's yep. just not, for me, that's not realistic. Like, I'm not going to be able to work every race. Absolutely guaranteed. There's I, no I way would, I'll be able to do everything for that. I would like hope the teams will push back on that and be like, this is not practical and not yeah. fair on the people who have to you know the, the people that the show relies on <laughs> like yeah. you can't the f1 doesn't happen without an awful lot of people having to work all of these weekends and it's just well, kind of not realistic to expect them to do that much i think that it just means they need to get more people in to uh, well from a, from a formula one standpoint they'd have to hire more sort of people like me to do the stuff we do on a race weekend because there's just no way you're going to be able yeah. to get the entire workforce to work the you know every single to sacrifice that many weekends over a summer but then they haven't got work to a budget cap have they well that's true whereas no, the teams don't, don't have that much more difficult for the teams yeah yeah it's much more and i'm sure like 
all the teams must be asking questions about like budget cap. How does this work with our budget cap? You know, are you going to give us cut us some slack? Yeah, Um, I I mean, I think the least of their questions, isn't it? Well, it's it's reaching a point where the teams are going to have to have alternate staff for different race weekends, isn't it? Yeah, Mm. you're going to have having to send people on to a a location to prep for a race whilst your team's still packing up at the previous race potentially. But can all teams afford No, well, no, no. They manage. They manage triple headers fine as it is. I think it's just it's depends more how they about organize it though, doesn't it? I guess that's, well, it that, depends that's on the, the schedule, key thing, isn't it? And the gaps between the race, like, the distances they have to go between yeah. the races. I guess, yeah. But like, if I think the thing is like asking that number of people to sacrifice that many weekends over a, over the course of a season in such a short period of time over the prime months of the season, really, like yeah. the summer months, is that's a big ask. I think I I, I don't. It's, it's difficult for it's difficult for relationships. It's difficult for people with families. It's difficult for it's difficult for the drivers to even. Well, I suppose the drivers have got it easy because they just show up at the races, do all the promo stuff, do all the social media stuff for the team. And yeah. obviously they're going back to the factory and doing their work. But the the drivers will love it because it's more racing, and that's where they want to be. They want to yeah. be in the car on a race yeah. weekend. They'd much rather be there than in the sim. But it's the team personnel, and there's a these teams are big old companies now like you know it's not just 10 blokes in the garage servicing the cars between sessions it's like a full-on effort logistic yeah. effort to get everyone in it's hundreds of people in each team so and i think mm. the drivers kind of see it as like verstappen especially he he mentioned this whenever at least cal- new calendars are talked about like you don't want even like on a very selfish level you don't want the the crew of people looking after your car to all be completely burned out and miserable because yeah. they've been away from home for like yeah, weeks on weeks on end kind of thing. Let alone I mean, you the see fact it. they're also you know mates with them. You see it after a triple header. Every triple header, everyone is yeah. is knackered. Like it's you know that pe- these people aren't machines. Mm. Like you can't just switch it on and off. Like you get tired. Right, just doing ro- one race weekend is is knackering. Yeah, doing three in a row is is really really difficult. Well, I mean the the thing that people don't always remember. I mean I, I know the majority of people that listen to us probably do understand the perspective of it, but. I mean, the thing that a lot of people from the outside forget is a race weekend starts on a Wednesday for most teams in terms of when they're arriving at the mm-hmm. circuit and beginning to set things up, and then they're instantly packing things up on a Sunday to then move on. So the Monday and Tuesday that is like their weekend, in air quotes, is basically spent traveling to the next destination. So yeah. realistically, there's no time off in that in that triple header. There's no downtime, realistically, uh, you know, as there's very little downtime. There's very yeah, little yeah, downtime. Right. So, like, obviously, a lot of the team personnel will just be out of the circuit on a Sunday night after all the media stuff's done, and they'll be on a plane to the next destination. And that's all they might be on. A, usually, they're on planes yeah. to the next destination. Um, and then they get there. They might, ha- they, they, they will try to work in like the odd day off in, in between it because otherwise, you would just be completely and utterly burnt out. But, even then, like it's it's not you can't really relax in like a hotel because these guys no. are not going into like, it's just a hotel room. It's not like luxury accommodation or anything like that. They're just regular odd hotels. So I mean, they, they don't stay in crap hotels, but still, like it's it's not home, is it? You don't have your creature comforts. You no, don't exactly. have and bobs around you that make you happy. You don't have your family around you. Don't have your pets around you or anything like that. Those of you, those of them that have pets, um, I spent a lot of time around pets. This <laughs> you weekend, got pets on the mind. <laughs> Yeah, big time. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't 
I think it's a uh, that is a lot of races in a really short space of time. I, 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 it doesn't see it doesn't make that much sense to me trying to end it in the middle of November. Why not end it? At I find sort it of first second week in December. It just seems yeah, a bit like that. I find it weird that they're. I, I I can only guess that the fact that the, these last couple of scenes have gone so deep into December has got a bit of bad press. As like God, you're making the whole F1 circus work that late in the year. So now they're like, oh, we're not going to do that. Now we're going to be finishing mid November. It's like it work. Yeah, it's not. It's not make really an improvement as hard yeah. in order to achieve that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd be interested to know if sort of the the rate of like mistakes in pit stops goes up towards the end of like triple headers. I would maybe wager mm. it does a little, but I'd be interested to know. I don't know. They get better, dr- but they, they, they don't ever. have a chance to. They don't have a chance to drop out of the drill though. So it might just. Yeah, maybe the they're so like stick. they've done so many by that point within the space of three weeks. They're just like. Robotic yeah. and the, the pit crews, I think they, they do take special care of them and make sure they get like the pro- especially the ones who are working, who you know, who are doing the pit stops. Yeah. There's they'll a lot definitely... of like fitness and stuff goes on, isn't it, these days? Yeah, yeah, they're all sort of they're looked after. There's physios yeah. there and stuff like that to make sure everyone's in in peak performance, especially at teams like Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren, like those big mm-hmm. teams, Ferrari. They, um, you know, they're all properly looking after the people that make the live difference on race weekends it's not just the drivers yeah we get the physios um yeah it's i mean let's see what the calendar says when the event it won't be long now before we get an actual calendar so it will be interesting to see how many triple headers are on there how big the summer break is and um if any of these races are subject to change as well you know you don't don't know this could be a product of them as we've said before this might be a product of them trying to get the calendar full so that in the event that the dreaded covid does sort of cause problems with the calendar there's still plenty of races in there to to make it a world championship mm-hmm. yeah so it's the turkish grand prix Oy. it's time to talk about storylines <laughs> um shall i hit you with the first one go on. i didn't write i didn't write these so i'm just unless someone else wants to do this or i'm happy to do it oh well you just say that up front in case they're crap and you don't have to take responsibility for them <laughs> no 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 no, no. I, i've already read through them and i think they're good but it's just you, I, you, I don't want to steal the thunder of whoever wrote them. I, I'm in no rush to talk any more than I have to, so you can keep okay. on going for me. <laughs> um, so, first storyline: um, What will the track surface be like? Um, the circuit have used water blasting in inverted commas treatment um, that's been used in Singapore in the past to try to avoid the low grip conditions we saw last year. What so that? What do you think? There was just a sheet of moss. <laughs> over the circuit that was like slowing everyone down this is there? the weird thing it's like it's one of those things where clearly like one media outlet has like heard that they did water blasting and reported that so every other media outlet have been like oh yeah they've been doing water blasting but none of them seem to have actually gone and looked what that is so, so what, someone's just been yeah. out there with a jet wash and they've just been like drive they've had the driveway clear or every driveway cleaner in turkey is a <laughs> istanbul park who cleaning knows? the circuit that just sounds weird to me um <laughs> whatever it is i've been trying to not have the debacle we had last yeah. year so they're trying to yeah they're trying to i mean you're not gonna make the surface any you're not gonna open up the surface anymore i think it wasn't part of the problem the fact that the surf that the bitumen was too sort of not porous enough and a bit too tight and not making and i think a bit too flat a lot of the oils tend to leak out as well when it's quite fresh as well don't they so yeah. i think that was yeah part of the that problem was a well, big part so, of, yeah. i think it was a a combination of that and a little bit of a wet weather sprinkling on it, wasn't it? I, I honestly think just it being a year old and not like a week old is going to be 
make more difference than anything else they've done, to be honest mm. with you. Like, look, I mean, uh, I'm going to say it right now. I don't mind if it's the same <laughs> as last year. Well, this yeah. is true. That's true. Right. Drivers yeah. hated it, it, but it was entertaining for yeah, us. It, it, was, it was banter. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, some people just want to watch the world burn. Anyway, um, mm. next storyline. How well will Norris bounce back after Sochi? Has he bounced back already, do you? Well, he was on um, on this morning, Breakfast TV, uh, today or yesterday here in the UK. Um, was he? He was, yeah. yeah. Having a chat to uh, Philip Schofield and... Uh, the Polly Willoughby. I mean, Willoughby. Sport yeah, journalism I mean yeah. if, this morning. If, if, having, if having a little chat on a, on a weekend morning with Philip Schofield isn't going to make you bounce back, then I don't know what <laughs> is. I mean, you joke, Tom. I think I'd rather have Philip Schofield doing F1 coverage than a lot of uh, Definitely. <laughs> Sky yeah, doing oh, maybe that could Maybe that could be a new thing. Like, who's better, David Croft or Philip <laughs> Schofield? Yeah. I can already tell you the answer to that question before I go any further. <laughs> um, I, I think like joking aside I think with some of the things that he talked about that's obviously been sort of publicised over the course of today in terms of like how he sort of struggled mentally in his first season and felt quite depressed at times and stuff like that I think what that would probably do is having been through that in the past I think that would give him a much stronger mental position to bounce back from what happened and to be brutally honest he was he was very forthright in basically, I mean, we all knew it was his decision. We all knew it was his choice to do what he did and so on. Yeah. And, 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 you know, at no point did he ever try and sort of shy away from that. So I think taking that on his shoulders and having been through what he says he's been through in the past, I think he'll be okay. But I think the team just need to make sure that there's an arm around him if he needs it and he's got the support that he needs if he needs it, but I'm sure he'll be fine. If I'm honest. Yeah, and I mean, like he's had obviously not to the same level as this one, but we've seen him have like disappointing setbacks in the past, and like he's never really shown much sign of letting these things stay on top of him into yeah. the next race weekend. So I'm fairly confident he'll be he'll be okay and just back to his what he's good at. Yeah, yeah, um, couldn't agree more. I think I think it'd be totally fine. He was launching his new cart this week as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. launched a new his own brand of cart. Yeah, which is nice. Like. Pretty cool. Make it a bit more accessible to to kids out there. Yeah. Um, next storyline: Will McLaren's good still on the on the McLaren theme? I guess will McLaren's run of good form continue? I think, I think it could. I think it absolutely could at this circuit. I don't see why not. They're in. The, they've got yeah. a good engine. They've got a good package. They've got a really good package. I think the rest of the season they're going to look decent. Because after after Monza, they were like playing down their chances ahead of Sochi. And then they nearly won it. So the fact they're playing the chances down again now doesn't hold a ton of water for me. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason why they're not going to keep on being sort of third best, mate, and potentially even getting in among the top two. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't see anything from my mind about the circuit or anything like that that would hinder them suddenly. So I think that they kind of carry on as well and keep challenging the top two. Yeah. Maybe cause some problems for the the top two. Do you reckon? I think they're getting amongst them, mm. especially if like conditions are slightly tricky, like they were last time in Turkey. I think if they, I think if there's gains to be made in those kind of conditions, it's where Lando and Danny have both seemed to be able to take advantage, isn't it? Recently, yeah. Oh uh, my and, goodness, and George as well. To be fair, like even I know it's like off off the point of where we are, but like George Russell and the Williams has really taken advantage of these. Rain and tricky condition 
sort of events. So if there is anything tricky from a grip level perspective in Turkey again, I mean, there's a good chance that you might be able to see him take advantage as well as the McLarens um, sticking themselves well, up there. You know, the, the, at risk of sounding the storyline for the remainder of the season, Claxon, <laughs> this could be, I mean, could it be that the sort of, well, the McLarens particularly, uh, maybe the Ferraris as well, could it be that they make the difference in the World Championship this season? Mm. I can see yeah, them play the chance. part in the running, yeah. Because early in the season, it was very much... Uh, two-horse race, wasn't it? Yeah, the Hamilton and Verstappen had to beat each other, essentially. Whereas as the season's gone on, they're very much having to beat a lot more people to you know, grab those big points, which yeah. is... Yeah, so I think they're definitely going to be playing a part as we carry on. Um, on Ferrari, will Ferrari's engine upgrade... Um, can they make good use of that engine upgrade, actually, to help them close the gap to and get them in that fight? So we could, you know, could we mm. get actually Ferrari up in there? I think, I think Ferrari got very lucky in Sochi, like a lot of teams did. They kind of won. They, 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 they. they I mean, they they hit the jackpot really with the time they did the pit stops, just like Red Bull did, just like, um, just like. I mean, for, yeah, they sort of. Mercedes, a few teams did really well out of it and a few teams did rubbish out of it. And Ferrari, I think, are one of the teams that did amazing out of it. They sort of had, had like, they were looking good for a podium and then they kind of looked like they'd messed it up and then got it really right with the switch to Inters and kind of clawed it back again, didn't they? Yeah. Do you think that yeah. result flatters them a little bit? <laughs> um, I think science flatters them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, actually. Minute. I can go with that. I think, I think maybe, or at least, I, I, I mean, I feel like this way, from the last few results, but I think at times he's maybe getting a bit more out of that car than you'd expect. Yeah, I think um, oh, definitely he's getting. I mean, Ferrari were expecting him to be number two, and he's very much number one at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's like sort of where I'm sort of feeling it's coming from more than anything. I think it's it's maybe a driver extracting more out of it than is actually there. A little bit like when we talk about sort of the Max Verstappen effect at Red Bull and the Lewis Hamilton effect at Mercedes. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a very skilled driver just being able to eke that little bit more out of the car than maybe another driver or anyone else could in that scenario just like a really perfect fit for driver and car maybe at the minute yeah so i I would i would love to see science go on to the end of the season and and sort of you know lead that team through the running of the end of the season and that that was definitely in one of our predictions wasn't it yeah i'm pretty sure i think it was yours yeah yeah because um, at the moment only Leclerc has this Ferrari I keep saying engine upgrade technically it's a hybrid system upgrade um, it's it's essentially the stuff they've been working on for next year's engine they've brought some of it forward which is weird talking about paying upgrades at the time when we're supposed to have a freeze on engine development but yeah, it's what? actually not a freeze there's, there's still room where you can change things um, yeah. yeah so Leclerc's had it since Monza and they're obviously happy enough with it that uh, Sainz is probably going to take a grid penalty this weekend so he can have the new parts as well. Yeah. Speaking of grid penalties, will Mercedes take an engine penalty for Hamilton at a track they expected to be fastest at? Mercedes have admitted it is being considered. It's a tough choice, isn't it? Do you take it at a track where you know you're going to be fast so you can make up for it? Or do you take it at a track where you expect to struggle anyway so it's less of a loss if you can't come back through as time goes on i think it becomes 
less of a call that you can make yourself and more of a call that's going to be imposed on you by reliability. I mean, the last mm-hmm. thing you want is to retire a car. You, they yeah, just exactly. cannot retire. So mm, it's a tough one. Because we've talked about taking it in Mexico because that's traditionally a track that you expect Red Bull to win anyway. But then again, like if you think well, of... You're rec- damage limitation, aren't you, at that point? And that's not a good way of limiting the damage. Is yeah, because if to the back recent years, like Hamilton's like finished, what, like fifth, sixth a lot of the time in Mexico? Whereas yeah. if he starts at the back in Turkey, I wouldn't be surprised to come see him come through and still be on the podium. So maybe somewhere like Turkey or maybe the next one in the United States is a good place to take it. Yeah. I mean, United States from his performance point of view would be probably an excellent place to give it a go. Turkey's- because if, if he can make the difference to to um you know, to claw back through the field and, and make the best out of a, a start further back, that's probably a place he's going to be able to do it. I mean there's a couple yeah. of nice long straights into breaking zones with DRS and so on to help. And then there's just the fact that he's generally gone well there. I think mm. that might be somewhere that they'd maybe consider it. Is Turkey, uh, Turkey maybe as well? A... Turkey, you can over, you can overtake it, Turkey. Oh yeah, yeah, you can definitely overtake it, Turkey. I just think that I mean maybe the the sort of the unknown of how the surface will be and how everyone will perform might be a good reason to take it, at Turkey, yeah. because we don't we don't really know how that's going to play out, do we? There's also well, we right now also a not night, but... um, insignificant chance of rain this weekend in Turkey as well. Yeah. I mean, if there's rain, I think you take it. Yeah, if you've I think got so Hamilton well. on your side and, and it rains, yeah. then you do take it because he will absolutely kill it in the rain. There's no doubt about that. He's he's got a proven track record of driving very well in the yeah. rain. Um, mm. The hard part of it is it, it's, it's just the damage limitation thing. Like, it, it, and and the, you know, it's difficult for us to sit here on a Monday night recording this, <laughs> wondering. What are they going to do when we've not seen any practice yet? You know, like it, it, yeah. See what Friday practice is like. If Hamilton, if Mercedes have got a real edge from that, then you know it might make a lot more sense by Friday night, Saturday morning to take the engine penalty than yeah. it is now. But from where I'm sitting right now, all things being even, and if if Red Bull and Mercedes are as close as what they have been so far this season, then I would be leaning towards not taking the penalty and taking the points and building that lead a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you definitely yeah. don't want to take it in Abu Dhabi, final race of the season. You don't want to take pointless. it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Imagine. You don't want to take it in, so pointless. in Saudi Arabia because, again, penultimate race, it's a street track. It's an unknown. Total Brazil, unknown. Yeah. Mm, Brazil is... A tough one to call. I think it's got to be one of the next three races. If not this weekend, it's got to be yeah. America or Mexico. You, you sort of negate the point in doing it the longer you leave it as well. Exactly, yeah. That's it. Like well, the you, you take the longer you leave is... it, the less freedom you have, don't you? So yeah. the more more chance you're going to be, have your hand forced if you leave it for too long. Yeah. And the less advantage you get from those sweet, fresh new parts being at their absolute best as well. Yeah, it's diminishing returns, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got less yeah. time to enjoy them the longer you leave it. So it exactly. is getting, it's really reaching that like crunch point for them, isn't mm-hmm. it? I, I guess Red Bull, I mean, Red Bull, it could not have gone better for them the way no. that's panned out. So they really need another, <laughs> they need another situation like that, maybe Mercedes for them to. Uh... Yeah, because of course the alternative is they don't take one and they just ride their luck and hope that the ones I've got will make it to the end of the season. And if I can do that and it doesn't blow up, then they're going to look like geniuses. But if you get to the last that, race of the season I, and it does blow up, then you look like idiots. The reliability yeah. is not there this season no. for that. Across We've seen all the Mercedes, too many Mercedes teams. 
Failures, yeah, yeah, across the Mercedes team. Everyone except McLaren, now. actually. I remember seeing a McLaren engine failure this year off the top of my head. We've definitely mm. seen Mercedes themselves have issues. We've definitely seen Aston Martins blow up. Yeah. At least one Williams, I think. I can't yeah, think of an engine issue that they've had. I've never been told mm. off in the Discord chat for jinxing it. <laughs> <laughs> McLaren never had yeah, any problems. Yeah. Cue a double retirement. Right. Well, with all that in mind, shall we make some predictions for the Turkish Grand Prix? We can try. Let's. Um, who would like to coach us through this? Yeah, I can go through this you if you want. Tom. It's my usual forte. Um, <laughs> I remember if you, once you're listening to this, if you want to join in, you can head to backofthegrid.com, uh, register if you haven't already and join in there. Uh, we will go through it. First up, we'll predict fastest in Q3. Chris, just get yours out of the way, my friend. Who's it last? Oh, it was, it was Lance Stroll last year, wasn't it? Yes, he was. <laughs> he was indeed. This year, oh, see, so this is this is tricky because the obvious answer is Hamilton. But then again, if he does take an engine penalty, he probably won't even get to Q three. Mm. Well, yeah, the logic would be to save the engine. Yeah, to, like, do out and exactly what Verstappen did in Mexico, in yeah. Russia. Sorry, uh, we well, do a lap. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bottas. Interesting. <laughs> Absolute silence. I mean. That is not where I expected you to go there. It wasn't where I, I expected I, to go until the moment I said the word Bottas, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Stu, how do you follow that up? I'm going to go Hamilton because I don't think, right now, at this point in time, I don't think it's... This This comment might age really badly come Friday night, but <laughs> I don't think they'll take the penalty at this race. I think they're going to hang fire with it. I think it'll be Hamilton on pole. Hamilton's quickest. Okay. I'm going to go that other way and go for Verstappen. Ooh, I'm going completely split. the other way from you too on that one. I don't yeah, know I mean, what it it's, is. It's just it's one the of other those kind of There's nothing wrong with feelings. that. Tom. It's just one of those gut feeling it. kind of things. You know where you sort of think it's just where I, like, I can't tell you why I think that. It's just what I think. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's totally fine. <laughs> so yeah, uh, what about the win, Stu? You can start us off here. Well, I think if I've got Hamilton on pole, you've got to give Hamilton the win as well, whatever the conditions. I think he's he's lightning around this circuit. He he's he's great in the wet, so I don't see why he can't win it. And Chris, I also find it hard to look past Hamilton this weekend, even though my fasting Q three is banking on him taking an engine penalty. <laughs> I mean, stranger things would happen. Would you know, it takes a bit of rain, no. a safety car or two. He'll be right up there. Yeah. And Tom's I'm going for the typical double and just gone for Verstappen, holding on to it from the start. Um, first DNF, I'll go first here. I'm going to stick with it until I get a point from it. It's Raikkonen. <laughs> I was, was going to say Raikkonen. Um, <laughs> go on, Shoe, you could go next. I think Stroll. I think it's going to go hero to zero. One, one round here last year, retirement yeah. this year. He didn't win last that, year. Cause, just because that... Oh, no, he didn't, did he? He, well, well, he, he got, got no, he got, yeah. He got, yeah. yeah, he got pole, sorry. Didn't win, though. Who did uh, him? Who Was it Vettel who did him, right, on the, to, to miss the podium? He was going to get a podium and then someone did uh, him. No, he, he, he wasn't even close to a podium. He was down in like eighth by the end, I think, yeah. Um, oh, it was Perez, wasn't it? I'm yeah, it was Perez that he did, yeah. Yeah, Perez. Sorry. And, and Leclerc, Sorry, everyone. Actually. Don't unsubscribe. Wasn't, Le- wasn't Leclerc... Yeah, Leclerc was trying to pass Perez in the last couple of corners and Vettel just snuck past both of them. That was it. Yeah. Um, um, first DNF this week, it's going to be... It's going to be... Ocon? Ocon. Ocon. 
I can't. Oh, interesting. I can't. I can't understand your thinking. <laughs> bit, bit. Don't we do a bit Neither of turn one melee can again? I. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be ock off the circuit if it rains? Please move us Chris on. I think so. Uh, no. <laughs> is, he, is he odds ock on to first DNF? Yeah, there's a few face palms going on in the finger. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame We've just turned into really bad 70s comedians. <laughs> yeah. God, we we you know we knock David Croft and then we do something like that. I know, right? That might have to that might actually have to get edited out. That <laughs> I mean, now you've said that, you know it will. It's all it's all staying. <laughs> um, number of finishes, uh, Stu, you go first on this one. I'm going to go the Magic Seventeen. The Magic Seventeen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go a little bit less here, just and kind of sort of crossing my fingers for tricky conditions and go sixteen. Chris, how about you? I'm going to stick with Old Faithful 17 as well, I think. Okay. And then we just need a random driver from you, Chris, to predict their position. Random driver this week is... Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, well, I mean, I'll make mine easy. Money Mouth 20th. That's, that's a waste of points there, but I'm not, I, I can't do the hedging bets thing. I've got to stick with it. Because if he does first DNF, I will forever hate myself for not sticking with it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Stu and if I know Chris you can go next on this one because you went last for the last couple of times he's, he's had a little bit of an upturn in form recently hasn't he a little oh. I mean it, it's hard not to from where his form was before that but um, let's go for like 13 interesting and Stu how do you think Mr. Raikkonen will finish uh, I'm just looking <coughs> so he, last season he qualified 8th and he finished. I mean, it's not really a fifteenth. He was a lot down. Fifteenth, And where did he finish last race at Sochi? Uh, it was like eighth, wasn't he? I think eighth. Yeah, eighth. it was behind. Yeah, it was behind. I can't remember. It was behind Russell, maybe. I think. Okay, I'm gonna go tenth then. Okay, I'm gonna stick it right in the middle there. Nice. So that's ours done. As I said before, if you want to join in, head to backofthegrid.com. Uh, it's always worth doing because there is prizes for five out of five if you get it in a week. And to be honest, it's still possible to catch most people in the standings because it's a tight, tight series. You'd have to be pretty good, but it's yeah. entirely possible. Absolutely worth entering. Um, difficult to get five out of five, but there's always points on offer. And if you yeah. can get have a good week, then definitely you'll be snaffling up some of that lead. Um, you Lee say that, but my, my to-do list says otherwise about how easy it is to get a five to five, five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I think I've had two. Yeah, you've had two alone. Yeah. So. Unbelievable. Totally, both totally unexpected as well. <laughs> Time to take just a moment away from this week's episode to talk to you about the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped. It includes their new lawnmower version 4, the waterproof trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology. And it now even comes with a travel lock, meaning no more embarrassing activations in airports and the like. You can get 20% off the package by heading to manscaped.com and using the code BOTG. You will also get free shipping on the whole box. It also includes the nose and ear hair trimmer, known as the Weed Whacker, as well as the Crop Reviver Toner and their Crop Preserver Deodorant. Manscaped are trusted by over 2 million customers worldwide, and that includes the three of us. So remember, if you want to get 20% off the brand new performance package 4.0, 
head to manscaped.com and use code BOTG. That's manscaped.com and code BOTG. Anyway, um, it's time to do some inbox. Shall we play the tune? Play the thing. Uh, keep it saying now. Stay, stay out. Paul D says, following the announcement of another race in the Middle East, which will probably be soulless, which track would you like to see added to the calendar? For me, I'd like to see Laguna Seca added. Laguna Seca would be rad, but I don't think there'd be any overtaking there. No, there'd be really some difficult changes, one. wouldn't they, to make that <laughs> F1-able. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my ma- favourite circuits in the world, but I just Formula 1 cars, I don't know. I think they'd, yeah, yeah. it'd be hard. But I mean, they've had cars go around that circuit in the past and they've looked sick. <laughs> Yeah, but I think you'd need a co- totally unique to Laguna Seca suspension setup for a car to send it around there as well. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. thinking of the IndyCar race uh, a few weeks ago where like <laughs> Rojon passed someone into there by basically power sliding into the side of them. It's like try that in F1 car and you just disintegrate into little pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of like grade one circuits that are available, um, like Malaysia is the one I always come back to. I'd really like to see Sepang back yeah. on the calendar. Always like yeah, that that's circuit. A difficult circuit. On really game, challenging. Yeah, yeah, it's really good fun. Um, Australia would be a nice one to get back, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Next year, fingers crossed. Hopefully. Yeah. Hope so for their sake, I've spent all this money doing the place, haven't I? Yeah. Um, oof. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, it depends on how realistic you're being in terms of is it already ready? Like, you know, is it grade one? Um, well, I think it can be any. Just say any circuit, because they've come at us with Laguna Seca, which is just not capable of hosting Formula One cars. So I think any circuit that you like, like Brands Hatch, would be rad to see Brands Formula Hatch One cars going on there. Mental, yeah, I'd be mad. <laughs> it's Donington, such a quick let's go back to Donington. That'd be mental as well. Um, what about the Macau Street Circuit? Just add another street circuit. <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't think they'd, I don't think they'd get round it. Especially they the hairpin. They physically wouldn't yeah. fit round yeah. there. The size they are these days. That's a three-point turn around the hairpin. Yeah. I think like. But uh, again, if they could fit, it would be amazing to see. If you imagine coming yeah. around that final corner, how fast they'd be going through that final corner and down this long yeah. straight. Like the the last two corners and the straight would just be one long straight to a Formula One car. Oh yeah. I'd love to see a sort of slightly more modern upgraded version of Watkins Glen. Ooh. Yeah. That would be yeah, very Yeah, the Glen. Cool. That's a good circuit as well. Yeah. I think that answers it. Shall we do the next one? Yes. Um, but body coat. Cody Boat. Body coat. Cody Boat. <laughs> <laughs> says, how likely are the Volkswagen group to join Formula One and how quickly will they be banned from F1 for lying on alternative fuel emissions tests? <laughs> oh. I mean... Topical. Not yeah. not to uh, drag it up, but Mercedes are going through exactly the same thing right now anyway. Yeah. Just saying. I know it's a just lot of people um, who are Mercedes. Nissan are as well. They, they're all yeah. going for it. It's just yeah. VW was the most publicized one, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Because they were the all at there, they only get all the headlines. Um, but that wasn't the question. The question... I think it's extreme. It's looking more and more likely at this point that some kind of member of the VW group are going to uh, be joining in some form or another. Yeah, I think that given the fact that they're investing in in things like um, green fuels and stuff, which is yeah. what Formula One is sort of moving towards in the next few years, they're trying to sort of push this low carbon fuel um, use sort of agenda. Yeah. Then 
some of some of Volkswagen's activities and given the fact that they're in all the meetings for the new engines, they're talking about getting rid of they want to get rid of the MGUH in order to make it feasible for VW to join or or a VW brand to join like Audi or Porsche. Um yeah, I can see I can see them coming, but it's just case of when, isn't it? I guess the new once the, the next engine formula comes in, that's that that's going to be the ideal but i think moving forward from that engine formula there's talk of hydrogen fuel cells and stuff flying around at the moment so Mm, yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff going on at vw at the moment like uh, rimac the uh, croatian electric car company which when it's released are currently in the process of developing what will be the fastest production car in the world probably they have now taken 55 percent ownership of bugatti from vw um yeah uh and there's now like rimac themselves still exist but there's now a new venture called bugatti rimac um but then as part of the deal rimac's electric technology is being given to the porsche branch of the vw group to help them develop their electric cars so a lot of very interesting chopping and changing going on within that group at the moment um yeah so i would currently venture the like we were talking about which vw brand it would be in F1 recently, probably not Bugatti at this point. No, I don't, it's going to be Audi or Porsche, I think. I think Porsche would be rad to see going around or um, Audi, I'm not that interested in seeing in Formula One myself. I feel like, yeah, DT, I, I guess you've got Mercedes in there and we've had BMW in the past, but Audi just doesn't, you know, Audi's a rally car maker. The, they don't make Formula One cars for me. As, as much as they were until the end of the season just gone, one of the most successful Formula E teams. I all, I still associate the name Audi with like a big old high-powered diesel wagon, like <laughs> bombing down the autobahn. Yeah. Like that's that's what the Audi name kind of conjures to me. That's um, what I think. I think of like I can tell you the car. I think of the Audi A8 coming up behind me and being the most imposing vehicle on the road <laughs> when I've been driving on the motorway in the outside lane in a mini. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> That's what I think of, and that's where Audis live for me. Whereas Porsches, Porsches are sports cars. Porsches yeah. Yeah. look like you know Porsche sports cars have that sports car profile in the same way that a McLaren has. A, not that McLaren have always been a sports car maker because they were primarily a Formula One tier racing team. But now, when you think of McLaren road cars, you think of sports cars. Obviously, um, yeah. Ferrari, you think of sports cars. You don't think of diesel wagons that are going to catch you up on the motorway. Yeah. So, well, it's it's no accident that. Renault decided that Alpine was a much better brand to have in Formula One than Renault because again, yeah. you don't hear the name Renault and think of well, yeah, exactly. Like fast name cars. a Renault sports car. Name yeah, exactly. A, name a Renault sports car. Even like they don't. They make the odd hot. You know, there's the Megane hot hatch that was kind of cool, but that doesn't really fit in with my idea of what a cool car is. Cool, and that's the very coolest Renault I can ever I can think of genuinely is the Clio V6. Yeah, there was the Williams Clio V6, wasn't there? Yeah, that's the coolest the one I can think of. Oh no, you're thinking of the, oh, you're thinking of a different car to me. You're thinking mine, of no, the... mine wasn't. Sorry, yeah, mine wasn't the Williams one. Sorry, mine was the one. Mine was the one that was mid-engined. They put the engine. Yeah, in, yeah. They took out the back seats, put the engine in the middle, and had the huge intake ducts on like either side. Group, group B car, that thing. Yeah, it looked ridiculous. like a Group B rally car with like F1 side pods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. But again, like in off the top of my head, I can't think of a. I like sports cars, and I don't think Renault have even from from that I can think of have even made a decent sports car that that non spring to mind. Yeah, 
You know, I'm trying to think. Of, I, you know, I'd get. I would buy in a Bath Fiat. Um, what is it? Five hundred before I yeah. got any Renault. But anyway, I, that's just me. I've barely been listening to you two because Jeff in the chat posted a gif of a VW camper drifting around a corner, and it's one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, I see it. It's legit. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna let's move sorry, on. Sorry, this is, sorry, this is sorry, becoming the, the which cars are distracted. Like. Yeah, yeah. Got the next one. Uh, Connor Daly says, if Hamilton wins both the Turkish and American races, could we see Mercedes taking a penalty at the race after due to the fact he would then have a bit of a gap to Verstappen in the championship? That's kind of what you were saying, wasn't it, Stu? Like, build a cushion first and then, mm. like, take the penalty when you're still going to lead the championship or at least be close on points afterwards yeah. rather than... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think given that you know there is the potential for the for the McLarens and the Ferraris to be mixing it with the you know making a difference at the top at the moment, looks like they might be starting to trouble them a little bit. You know, give that a chance to happen before you start taking loads of engine penalties. Because the flip side of it is, if you take that engine penalty and there's and they're you know. Then and they are making the difference at the front. Then you're not going to be able to get by them. You're going to lose out on a lot more points than what you would have. Like the, yeah. obviously, the aim is going to be to get up to second, and that's not going to be achievable. I don't think, given the current performance of McLaren and Ferrari, mm-hmm. neither in normal conditions, neither Red Bull nor Mercedes should be getting up to anything further than like fourth position. I would say. Yeah, Verstappen wouldn't have last race if not for the rain, for sure. No, he would. Verstappen was. Mm. Nailed on for seventh before it. He'd rained. just been overtaken by Alonso, hadn't race. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, another, another. You know, I can, I can wax lyrical about how much of a lottery that race was at the end, but I won't. Uh, next one. Uh, that's me, Owen Roberts. We've had some lovely results this year. Ocon, Danny Rick, Neely Lando, etc. All benefited from faster cars behind not being able to follow and pass. Do you think we'll see any midfield wins next year with the new regs? Will the faster cars just cut their way easily to the front? In I mean, theory, it depends on who gets it right, doesn't it? From mm. an aero perspective. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's gonna, you know, there's, well the, the question is, is it going to be easier for faster cars to get through the field, isn't it? And it should be. If the rules do what they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. But also the thing that makes the faster cars faster sometimes won't be as much of a factor because yeah. it's the it's the engines and we're already at a point where well the power units, sorry. We're already at a point where the power units are starting to become parity, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, like everyone's more or less in the same place. You don't look at as many circuits and think, well, anyone with Mercedes power is going to win this one. Like Mm, definitely, it's... but then I think Mercedes, uh, Red Bull might be at a bit of a disadvantage next season because they don't, they're you know they're basically setting up on their own as an engine mm-hmm. department, true, true. and they're not they're just simply not going to have the same potential to move forward with their engine as what Mercedes have got because they're not going to have the experience yeah. of working on that engine. So you know you could get into next season and and Red Bull might have broke their engines, <laughs> might be struggling. Well, yeah, I hope yeah, I, I, I sincerely hope not, but that. It could happen. Yeah, it could I mean, easily the, happen. The development restrictions on the engines, though, for the foreseeable future, kind of mean that that is sort of damage limitation from that perspective, isn't it? Like yeah. the Mercedes, in theory, can't get too far away unless Red Bull absolutely trashed it themselves because of the limitations of what Mercedes will and won't be able to do to 
improve, which, as we've discussed plenty of times before, that they're, they're at a serious point of diminishing returns now, which is why in the last season and a half, everyone's caught them up so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's there's very little Mercedes can do to get any more out of that engine. Yeah, there's not much more efficiency to go in it, is there? No. no um, it was all about it was all about the chassis uh, by the time last season came around, if you think about it, because that's why they built in the DAS system. Because yeah. they knew they'd reached a point of it is not worth spending time on the the power unit and it, we need to find other methods to to improve the car. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put everything into DAS that they did. Well, and, yeah, but I think Mercedes is such a powerful team that they've got resource that they can do DAS and engine stuff at the same time. I think... Uh, true, but I think it's more that... It's not necessarily that they couldn't do them at the same time. It's more they know they've reached a point where there's not a huge amount to be gained from improving the power unit anymore. They've reached a point where they're trying to find other methods. And I, I think that's shown a little bit this season where everyone else has kind of pegged them back in again from where we thought they were going to be at the start of last season and then Das showed up and it was a game changer. We've then, sort of, we, this season we've kind of got what we were hoping we were going to get last season if it wasn't for Das. And yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. been taken away from them. And I, 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 I agree with you that Daz, we've got what we should have had last season. I think. Basically. I agree with you that Daz, that Daz, that Das was Daz. That <laughs> the dual axis steering system was the difference for Mercedes last year. I think. I still think Mercedes have got one of you know either the either one of the best or the best chassis and one of the best or the best aero package in Formula yeah. at the moment. Because if they didn't, McLaren oh, yeah. would be in yeah. the race with them. Hundred percent. So the the I would say Mercedes this year I think if there's going to be I, I, there's going to be loads of work going into the chassis development next year because obviously yeah. like we agree I think we're I think we're more or less on the same page there's going to be a lot more work going into the chassis next year than there is engine is what you're saying Yeah and I think the the other factor as well like when it comes to a season like this season is the and I think it's why some of the changes for this season hurt Mercedes particularly is Mercedes has for a long time been built as a car that is designed to be out in front and just lead because yeah. they knew they could in the yeah. same way that the Red Bull was developed like that during Sebastian Vettel's title years at Red Bull. <laughs> it was developed as a car that just needs to get out in the lead and runs amazingly in clean air. But even he in that car struggled if he had to fight his way through the field. And yeah. we've seen Lewis like struggle. Not, and I'm, I'm not saying like they struggled, like they've not gained points because Vettel in the Red Bull and Hamilton in the Mercedes have both fought their ways back up to podiums from the back. Like, so I'm not saying it's impossible, but you can you can just tell when cars like that are following another car how much of a detrimental effect it it has. And I think that that's I guess a little bit what this is about is if that were to happen would they just still be winning races? But I think that the changes for everybody else and, and sort of the levelling of the playing field from an aero perspective would mean that everybody else is also racing stronger. So I think the challenge will still be there for those top teams having to fight back through the field. I don't think they're just going to breeze up behind people and get past yeah. them because they can suddenly follow. I don't think it'll be that straightforward. I think we're going to say we're probably going to see less of like midfield heroics um next season compared to this season but then again we've had so much of that this season compared to every other season anyway it's a weird one to compare to um like i think we said a few weeks ago like we've had more first time winners in the last couple of years than we did in like the last 20 or something weird like that so 
it's, it's, it's an anomaly in a lot of different ways this year, so it's a hard one to compare things to. Yeah. Uh, next one. I'll read this out, but I probably won't answer it. Um, <laughs> when Hamilton was winning championships, I mean, this is a this is a Verstappen fan. It's got Verstappen fan written all over it. This one. Stu's um, already made his decision. <laughs> Michelle asks: When Hamilton was winning championships, he clearly had the fastest car. Now that Red Bull and Mercedes are roughly even on pace and Max has been winning races more, does that make Max a better driver than Lewis? I mean... Is that designed to trigger that question? Because we've got literally, like, there's <laughs> there's plenty of people who listen to this podcast on both sides of that who will be literally ready to fight each other in the comments. So I, th- I've, I think you're giving Michelle a slightly hard time there. Um, okay. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm doing it on purpose. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. I, I think it's this. They're really hard drivers to compare. They they have in a lot of ways they have very different strengths as drivers, and we've kind of seen that play out this season in across like different races, different situations. Um, I think if I had to pick, like, going to my head, I had to pick who of the two is overall the better driver. You're still gonna lean towards Lewis. We're gonna like, lean towards seven world championships versus no world championships, aren't you? Yeah, That's and what... you know, obviously he's <laughs> he's, he's been in the, he's been in the sport a lot longer, so that he's had longer to amass those championships. But even so, like we're talking about arguably the best there's ever been. So the fact that Verstappen's even in the conversation says a lot about how good Verstappen is, and he has very much given Hamilton a run for his money this season. Mm. Which is now a mean feat. We've seen like a lot of drivers in close machinery fail to do that over recent years. Like Ferrari, with a in, in, for a couple of years, were very close and they didn't manage to do it. Bottas hasn't managed to do it. Rosberg only managed to do it. Well, he came, he took it to the final race <laughs> once, I think, and lost, and he's he beat him once. So to yeah, even, well, be- I think the, the I, look. The other thing is. Yeah, he's won more races. This Verstappen has won more race, races this season, but who's in the lead of the championship? Hamilton. You know, winning races doesn't winning the most races historically doesn't necessarily mean no. winning the world championship. Consistency wins world championships. Consistency is the better driver, and you know, over over the course of the, both drivers' careers so far, yes, Hamilton's much longer career than Verstappen. I think if you were to compare both of their first, I think the fairest way to do it is to compare that. How long's Verstappen? Five years now in Formula One. Four years. Two thousand seventeen was his first Formula One. Yeah. Um, Spear five years, I think. Yeah, five years sounds right. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. So. Hamilton's first six years, he's got one world championship because in his second season, um, I think there's a element of being right place, right time for that though. I mean, Max Verstappen was never going to win a title in his first season, was he? Not a Toro Rosso, not a Toro, not a Toro Rosso. Rosso. Well, I suppose not. But if I mean, they didn't take him long to put him in the in the Red Bull, and he, you know, he won his yeah, he won his first race for Red Bull in in the Red Bull, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> You can say right place, right time, but the best drivers end up in the best cars. And if, I don't know, I just don't, uh, I don't think it's fair to compare a driver that's done six seasons, five, six seasons to a driver that's done, goodness, how many seasons Hamilton done now? It must be like 15 seasons, literally 2007. So 14 now. Yeah. So, you know, ask me again in eight years would be, (laughs) 
because it's just it's impossible to compare and look at the end of the day like the the person leading the world championship at the end of the season will be seen as the best driver that year i mean let, let's just put this into context as well we're talking about like what hamilton did early on in his career and compare it to max you've got to remember that at the time that that was happening for hamilton he was only a year younger than max verstappen is now Mm-hmm. That's some serious context as well. Like, yeah, we, you you sometimes forget because Max Verstappen has been allow, around as long as he has. You kind of forget that he joined this sport as a, as a seventeen year old kid. Yeah, he was he was, a, he was a literal boy at the time that he joined this sport. <laughs> well, he's well, a teenage boy. Oh, he was a, a teenage, but he was a boy at, at yeah. the time that he joined the sport, surrounded by people twice his age who have been in the sport as long as he's been alive. <laughs> like it's. It's a completely different perspective on things for me. And I think that over the years, this is why we've had so many conversations about Max Verstappen's maturity and, and him needing to, you know, go through certain things like from a personality point of view and, you know, from a headspace point of view, because ultimately nearly everybody else sat on that grid had seven years of dealing with that before they mm. got to the position that he's in, before they even got close to the grid. And he's had to do that whilst also competing. I think that, I don't know, I, I think I do think there's sometimes you've, you've just got to consider the fact that he's now at the age that a lot of drivers used to make Formula 1 debuts. Because it's kind and of it's, like... It's, in, it's an interesting sort of angle to it, I guess. I think it's when we were talking about like the problem Red Bull have had with their second drivers recently. It's like you're giving them one or two years to match Verstappen it's really easy to forget that drivers like Verstappen and Hamilton who come in and start winning very early at a young age are massively the exception and yeah everyone else needs a bit of time to like get to that level I think my 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 sort of last sort of my my own last thought on it I mean I'm not going to round it off if you guys have more to add to it but my own last thought is I just I don't think it's nearly time to be picking who's the best out of those two drivers. No. And a lot more. Just see, you could maybe ask like, who's be- who's the best right now of those two? I think it ebbs and flows. Like that's never going to be one of them is going to be best. I think the history books will ultimately show Hamilton to be the best driver of the two because he'll win more world championships. Verstappen will not win eight world. Well, if Hamilton wins eight world championships, Verstappen won't win seven world championships. I don't think. It would take... Um a specific set of circumstances for another any, any other driver to match that. Man, the game, we always said that we didn't think anyone would beat Schumacher's record and Hamilton came along and did it, so yeah. it's never impossible. I'll mean, tell you what, if, if Verstappen wins eight world championships, seven world championships, we're in for a boring seven years, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> or however many years, ten years probably. Well, it's how close they are. Yeah, yeah. You can win seven. Ti- you can win seven titles by a point. It makes it exciting. That's true. One of Vettel, a couple of Vettel's world titles were really close and were really, really entertaining to watch. There was yeah, one exactly. like where Alonso, Button, like a whole bunch of them were still. I yeah, think four or five of them were in the mix in the final race of the season. I, I think that's why the Hamilton Mercedes era gets most directly compared to the Schumacher Ferrari era, is not just because obviously the number of titles in succession, but it's also, I think, more to do with just that feeling of dominance. Like it's, it is, for a long time with Mercedes, it felt like basically, you know, how's it going to finish behind the two Mercs? Much yeah. like it did for a long time with Ferrari. Like after, after the McLaren 
sort of push up to the start of the noughties when Ferrari then started winning for a long time, it kind of just felt like who's going to finish behind Michael Schumacher. Mm-hmm. It's like that mm. perfect combination of best driver yeah. and best team working yeah, in harmony let, for a number of years. Let's not forget that Schumacher won a world championship in not just the Ferrari, he won world championship. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm just talking about the comparisons. That's why people don't kind of lump Vettel and Red Bull into this conversation as much. It's because those titles, generally speaking, for the most part, were closer. The title mm. fights. Well, let me put it this way then. Hamilton has won world titles at Mercedes and at McLaren. Schumacher won his world titles at... Was it, it was Benetton, wasn't Benetton, it? Yeah, Benetton. Benetton Ferrari. And, then, Benetton and, and then Ferrari. Ferrari. Can you see Max Verstappen winning any world titles at any team other than Red Bull? Realistically, can you? It depends on where they are in five, ten years. It depends on their engines, honestly. Like... It's been ruined for a while that he's got like clause in his contract that like if the team finishes lower than X position in the championship, like he can leave. And I think if like in these post Honda years the engine just turns out to be naff, then it's entirely possible he'd bounce if he's not winning anymore. He doesn't mm. strike me as a driver who would put up with being in a car that can't win for very long, especially now he's got a taste of fighting for a championship. But the problem you have there is you've got multiple other teams who've got their driver lineups that are pretty happy with their driver lineups. Yeah. Like I can't see Ferrari getting rid of um, either Sainz or Leclerc anytime soon. I can't. You know, if if let's let's for argument's sake, so I mean, and this is like re- we're getting really in uncharted territory here now. But let's say Verstappen at the end of this season doesn't win the championship and goes right, forget it. I'm going to another team. Where does he go? He's not going to Mercedes. He's not going to Ferrari. He's definitely not going to McLaren. I mean, it, it depends though, because the, those teams might have a sudden change of tune if he's actually available. Maybe, but the, and also the other factor of it is you, you've then got resurgent McLaren next season with Lando Norris, you know, a shining star of Formula One. You've got Russell in a Mercedes, who's yeah. you know going to be. He's already setting the world on fire in the Williams, so goodness knows how good he's going to be in the Mercedes. Are we going to be looking at Verstappen as in the same light in in a few years' time as as what we do now? Is he get obviously he's got a lot left to give, but there's a lot of what ifs. Like, there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot more question marks over Verstappen's Verstappen and Red Bull's performance than there are over some of the other young young drivers on the grid. You feel like you know when you look at. Yeah. When you look at George Russell and Mercedes, that's a really, really rock-solid pairing that's going to go and go and go. Mm-hmm. Norris, McLaren, again, you know, really, really solid. That You like, you can see them being together for a long time. Um, Leclerc, Ferrari, slash Sainz, Ferrari, again, that looks like a very, very good partnership. So if, if Verstappen was to decide, I don't like it at Red Bull, the engines are not good enough, I think he's going to struggle to find a decent seat. I really do. Mm, I don't know. I don't think there's many teams in that grid that wouldn't, if he was available, would seriously consider sticking him in one of their cars. Yeah. So who I'll, do you get rid of? If you say you're Ferrari, who do you get rid of to, to get Verstappen in there? Probably Sainz. They've got, they've got no loyalty to Sainz. No, that's the true. The they've got is to Leclerc. And I mean, that'd to be, be a to shame. To be brutally honest... I mean, Ferrari are pretty cutthroat. If they can see an opportunity, yeah. they'll yeah. take it. I, I, like, let, let's let's have this argument again in five years when Jack Doohan's fighting Max Verstappen. <laughs> well, this, this is it. Like, this is, I feel like it was way premature to be asking the question who's better. Well, in, like, I mean, we, we, I mean, we've gone through it and we've given it a load of you know we've given it loads now. So 
It, I think it's just way too early to be asking the question. That's my answer. That's my official answer to the question. It's too early to ask. As, as a kind of way to round it off, I guess, imagine if we were having this conversation in 2012, would any of us have, I even said, yes, Hamilton's going to go to Mercedes, let alone say, and he's going to go and win six or seven titles with them. Yeah, like, exactly. You can just never see these things coming. Every, every, yeah. Eddie Jordan was practically laughed out of the paddock when he came up with uh, Hamilton going to Mercedes. And, yeah. He was. And now look. Yeah, it's true. He's no longer in the paddock. He's been left well. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> he was never seen again. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I'll read the next question. <laughs> yeah. uh, Garrett says, given Carlos Sainz's recent success outside of the Red Bull driver's table and becoming what would possibly have been the perfect complement to Max, do you think that that may have influenced the nature of Albon's Williams contract in the hopes that he can now have a similar path outside of Red Bull racing? Sort of links to the kind of thing we we're saying, isn't it? Um, and I do feel like Red Bull have finally realised that you can't just throw drivers in at the deep end and expect them to yeah. swim straight away. Yeah, except for Max Verstappen. Except if they're Max Verstappen. Yeah, exactly. Because they try to recreate the Verstappen thing with every other driver they've got coming through, and it's just not realistic. Just um, I think, yeah. and I think signs going and having success away will probably give drivers like. Albon, even Gasly, potentially, like uh, some comfort that being sort of dropped by Red Bull isn't the end of the world and isn't the end of your career. Um, I still stand by Gasly's future. Ultimately, he's going to be outside of Red Bull as much as I keep being like, oh, yeah, like there might be space for him in the future. Like, I still think he's him along. Yeah. Yeah. I think his future elsewhere. I think Albon's going to develop into a much better driver away from that pressure with Williams. Um, I really hope that the media don't just constantly compare him to what Russell did in that car. Um, I mean, you know they will. You know they will, but he. I just kind of want him to be left alone to just have some time and develop and get mm-hmm. better because he is a very good driver. He's got I, a lot of potential still. The, the sort of most interesting bit, I, I guess, around all that for me is just the fact that he is still technically a Red Bull driver still in there the, the obviously the difference with science is he was released from all that when he went to Renault wasn't he it was kind of part of oh yeah he was deal. like oh, was he still Red Bull when he was at Renault or did I thought I think they released him for him to go to Renault didn't they yeah he was like a bargaining chip in the whole like engine stuff going on at that point wasn't he yeah he was yeah big yeah. time it's very weird that whole situation yeah. worked out well for him though yeah in the end it did Last one. Last, last one? question from Corey Zilla, Zombie Killer. Uh, with seven races left in the season, barring any wrecks or mechanical failures, who do you think would win the drivers' championship from just those seven races? Oh, I think it's too close. Ah, it's just too close to call. What we got? So, off the top of my head, really quick. Let's make this quick. Um, yep. Turkey. Turkey. Hamilton. United States. Hamilton. Hamilton. Mexico. Verstappen. Brazil. Verstappen. Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Oh, no, sorry. Qatar's in there now. Dead heat. Yeah. Draw. (laughs) Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Unknown. Abu Dhabi. Dead heat. (laughs) I I think think this potential that Qatar could be more of a Red Bully circuit because of the nature of it, I think. Saudi Arabia. uh, Give that one to Merkham Hamilton, maybe. Abu Dhabi, it's it's all a big decider, isn't it? I, I um, think it, I think they'd finish tied on points, and they'd decide it by sending the t- team principals running down the pit lane in a sprint race <laughs> on foot. 
I mean, as a as a curveball, given the way Hamilton and Verstappen have been scoring the last few races, actually one of the McLaren drivers might end up being the person that scores yeah. the most points over the next seven <laughs> yeah. races. A wild Lando appears. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ser- seriously, I think it'd be very close. I, if you had to, if you put a gun to my head, you just have to go Hamilton because he's the more consistent driver and he's he's he knows how to he's done it before and there'd be as less pressure on him to win a world championship than Verstappen. So I think yeah. cooler heads always prevail and when that's the phrase you use and then Max, Max Verstappen's involved in the conversation, you know, kid don't I, have a cool head, does he? So I've been saying Hamilton all season, but I'm now actually starting to think Verstappen's gonna clinch it. Looking at the races that are left. I think if Verstappen wins at the USA, oh Grand god, Prix, here we go. Then <laughs> Red Bull will win the championship. <laughs> it, it's, have I laboured that one too much now? Is that one that that bit old? Eventually, eventually, it's, it's just not believable anymore at this point. I believe I believed <laughs> yeah. it at one point. Now I just don't. If you keep doing a joke after it uh, stops being funny, eventually it becomes funny again. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, it's the school of David Croft, right? That's the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for some of his jokes to become funny again. Yeah. I'm still waiting for him to be funny the first time. <laughs> that seems like a good, uh, a good point to wrap it up. Good point to wrap it up. Have you got? So, did you have an answer? Who did you think? Gun to uh, head, top of your head, really quick. I, I dead heat going into uh, the final race of the season, and Verstappen takes it. Wow! And Chris, oh. you said Hamilton. No, I'm I'm now leaning towards Verstappen's going to nick it. I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to stick with Hamilton because I'm a fanboy. <laughs> and with that, that brings us to the end of, this, end of the episode. <laughs> no, he said season then. <laughs> um, Not quite. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, as we said before, you can enter your predictions. So don't forget to do that. It's at backofthegrid.com um, slash predictions. You sign in, you put your predictions in and it's always worth entering because there's a prize for anyone who gets a clean sweep. Um very tight at the top in predictions, so make sure you continue to put your predictions in. Those of you who have been with us all season, we appreciate it. Um, and yeah, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all the social medias, Instagram, the works. When they um, work. Fact, when when they work. Actually, yeah, we um, should yeah, say, that- actually, apologies to anyone who sent us a question on Facebook or Instagram this week because at the time of recording, they're still both broken. So we I'd can't see the questions. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, so yeah, we can't actually goodness. see the questions you may have sent in. So apologies if we missed any of your questions. Yeah, so we'll try and get them in next week if oh. they are still applicable. I was also going to say as well, um, without getting into like specific numbers or anything, um, last month was the biggest month we ever had on the podcast. So I think we should just like, oh yeah, just a moment to thank all of you for listening and for sort of continuing to help us grow and be part of it. Cause uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice that it's um, so many of you are still listening and so many new people are listening every week. So yeah, thank you. Everyone. Yeah, it's rad. Thank you. Everyone. And, and we're so close to some even bigger milestones as well. So we're really, really excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're on that, on that lovely note, it's time to say goodbye. So goodbye everyone. Bye everyone. Goodbye.